Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, in Ahmadahu, when a stay in a who, when a stuck through who, when Ominubihi, when a tobacco valley. When all the Milah, he mean Shururi unfusina, when men say at Malina. May Yahdihillah, who fell a modilla lava, may Yudlil, who fell a hardilla. When a shadow and la idaha illa lahu, Wahdahula, Shirikala. When a shadow anna Sayyidana, was son of the Nawashafi, and a Mohammedan Abduhu, or a Sulu, a Maba. You know, one of the very important and amazing aspects of Ramadan is that you, you know, for men especially when we go to the masjid, we see so many people who normally we did not see in the masjid. And this is actually a great joy for us. It should never be something that, you know, they are mocked, oh, you only come in Ramadan, and where were you the whole year? We're so happy to see them in Ramadan. And people from all, especially in where we are in Lahore, uh, in a country like Pakistan, people from all kinds of backgrounds, and unfortunately because of the income inequality here, and maybe in some of the other, many of the other Muslim countries, but you get a chance to pray next to people who, you know, workers who in these hot climates have been working all day, yet they're still coming for Zohar Salah. It's not just Fajr and Maghrib or Isha or Taraweeh. Today, mashallah, there were so many people in Zohar and Asr Salah. I was amazed. I actually, this year, I, I, don't, I don't remember, Allah Alam, I don't remember noticing uh, such a large attendance in Zohar and Asr in previous years. And it was such a great experience to see people. And I think in many ways that Ramadan is something special about Ramadan that believers, they love to fast. You know, people who may be neglectful of even Salah or many other things, there's something about Ramadan, there's something about fasting, the spiritual aspect of it, the social aspect of it, the personal aspect of it, the obedience aspect of it, that people, they love to fast. And they, and, and they love to stand in prayer. You know, Alhamdulillah, whether it's the Fard Salah, Taraweeh, and this is something, and I was reflecting on this for the women, because the men, we get to, you know, be with the poor. The masjid is the place where everyone is leveled, where all social inequality, income inequality, all of that is irrelevant. So what happens on the plains of Arafah is actually meant to happen five times a day in every masjid, right? And I think that for women, there must be some way, and this is something they'd have to consult depending on their local context and circumstances, but some way to try and attempt to interact with the poor and the yatim and the orphan and the needy. Uh, and, you know, and this is a great experience. And I was reflecting on this that we you know, often say that Ramadan, one aspect of Ramadan is to make us feel empathy with the poor. But I, I think we really don't realize what it means to be poor. You say, yes, for us, fine, we felt hungry. We felt hunger and thirst for one day. But there's no anxiety over the hunger and thirst. Because the overwhelming majority of us who are listening to a talk like this, we have every outward apparent means and sabab to remove that hunger and thirst. We know at Maghrib, there's going to be our chosen menu there for us. But I want you to imagine a poor person. They felt that they feel the hunger and thirst that me and you got a little, little, tiny, tiny, tiny glimpse of today. But the difference is, is they have no certainty that come Maghrib they will be able to quench 
that thirst and satiate that hunger. They have no certainty that they will be able to do that for their spouse or their parents or their children. And that is a very difficult thing. You know, and underlie, I'm, you know, all three now, I, I'm a spouse and I'm a child and I'm a parent. It's a very difficult thing. Maybe it would be easier, okay, for me on my own to think, okay, I'm hungry and I have no means and I don't know when I will eat. I may stay hungry. There's nothing I can do to remove my hunger. But if that was the situation about my children, Allah Akbar Kabira. Now I want you to magnify that because unfortunately in this world, a lot of zulm, a lot of oppression and injustice is done to poor people. So let's take, for example, a very important and recent example, the Rohingya of Burma. One major aspect of why that incredibly horrible zulm and oppression and injustice and genocidal act of killing and murder and rape took place was because they were poor, right? And I, you know, I have only seen images of this, but I remember there was one image I saw of a, and it's still, it's, it sticks with me. And it was of a man, an older man. And you know, no doubt the women and children are much more affected than the men in these type of disasters, in these calamities, in these horrific, grave human rights violations. But maybe perhaps being a man who was a parent, I don't know, I just felt this by looking in his eyes and reading a bit of his story. You see, for a poor man, and I can't even imagine what this is, but if I try to imagine, for a poor man who tries his best to make a bare, meager living just so his children can eat a basic amount of food, for him then to be kicked out of his home, for him to flee murder and violence, for him to be the victim of violence, for him to go through Al-Aman Al-Hafiz, some horrific experience that his daughter is raped and his son is killed and now he's sitting in a refugee field and he had such a blank stare and he's staring out there and thinking, I'm 60, 70, however years old he is and this is what happened and I raised my daughter and I worked hard so she could eat, maybe even put her through schooling, maybe even put her through madrasa. And it's amazing that these people retain their iman. And this is, this is the whole reason I wanted to talk about this. They retain their iman and there's, there was so much, you know, alhamdulillah, some of the ulama who went to work in these refugee camps and they would give stories about how they were shocked and amazed and surprised and delighted at the level of yakin and iman that these people had. Even though they had gone through horrific tragedies. Allahu Akbar Kabira. And how they were reciting Quran and teaching Quran in the refugee camps. And this is something, this com- because this comes up a lot. It came up a little bit yesterday. It's going to come up again today in the ayat of Quran that we're going to look at, inshallah, about sabr. And that Allah will test people. Ba'sa, dharra. Allah Ta'ala will test them in very intense ways. And sabr, the first ultimate act of sabr, is that you retain your iman. And what I think me and you experience, and this may be another way to have empathy with the poor, is when we face this very, very slight, relative to that, extremely slight hunger that we feel in the fast of Ramadan. Maybe thirst, maybe difficulty, maybe some type of, right, mujahada. But what happened to us? Our iman increased. Our yaqeen in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increased. Our tawakkul Allah increased. And this is something that's going to come in some of the passages we'll look at today, inshallah, that this is what's supposed to happen. So the first meaning of sabr, sabr isn't just that we want to be patient or endure or persevere. Sabr is also means himma, 
to persevere, to have strength, to strengthen your iman in times of adversity and hardship. And this is one of the major lessons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conveys to us in Quran. Now most of us, we live very privileged lives. The closest thing we come to hardship is the fast. No doubt we may have setbacks, failures, difficulties, enmity, hostility, envy, but it's not a physical hardship. In Ramadan, we get a glimpse. Not, it's not just that we get a glimpse of the hardship, we get a glimpse of the hunger. We get a glimpse of how, if you have Iman, and you obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you pray your Salah, and you make Dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that in any hardship, your Iman gets boosted. And that is the real secret behind the poor. That is the real secret behind the Muslimin. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts the dua of the muttar. And the muttar in Arabic is the, I mean, this is the phrase Allah ta'ala uses in Quran. That person who has been so oppressed and is so persecuted that they're in, you know, they have no hope. They have no asbab. They have no means. They, they don't have recourse to any means to take themselves out of that oppression and persecution. But they make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with pure yaqeen and tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this is an, I would also suggest that this is an interesting aspect of humanity. That when, and this is also something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in many places in the Quran. That oh, when you're on the ship and the storm comes, then you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? And then when you, Allah ta'ala rescues you from the storm and He gives you sanctity and you come to shore and again you're in good times, you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it means part of being human is to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in times of hardship. And this is also an experience that me and you are being put through in the hardship fast of Ramadan. And really, this is why Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, he loved the poor. He made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make me miskeen. And I explained that to you yesterday. That's destitute. Make me miskeen and raise me on the day of judgment with the mas'aqeen. Allahu Akbar Kabira. This is Imam al-Anbiya. Sayyidun al-Anbiya wal-Mursaleen, Sayyidun al-Awwaleen wal-Akhireen sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Even more than the jama'at of Anbiya, even more than the jama'at of Sahaba, what was the jama'at that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wanted to be raised with on the Day of Judgment was the Masakeen. Hmm? Allahu Akbar Kabira. So we should then, if ever we are tested in this world in some slight way, Ramadan is kind of giving us that strength, that training. Because maybe something may happen to any one of us. Allah may choose to test any and every one of us in so many different ways. So this is also one aspect of Ramadan uh, and this is uh, our Ramadan Nasiha for tonight.